Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Thursday to you. It's Thursday, January the 24th. I got my man Kai Carlin with me. What's up, Kai? How you been, bro? What's going on, Keith? How are you, my man? I'm doing well, doing well. Look, y'all, Kai's a, a, a up-and-coming uh, sports writer here. He works for Longport Media in the Philly area. 20, 25 years young. I, I, man, I, I forget what it's like to be 25. But uh, I'm just telling you, he's doing his thing. And today, I'm honored to have him on the podcast this morning. And we're going to talk about last night's game. The Sixers won 122 to 120 against the Spurs. And you ready to talk about it, man? I'm ready. You ready? I'm, I'm ready, but I got to tell you, man, like I said, the honor is mine. Oh, this guy, this I'm guy. You, man, like, this oh. is crazy. I'm on with a legend. Oh. The legendary Keith Pompey. Podcast uh, flow. Let's uh, get yeah, it. Yeah, podcast flow. <laughs> but all right, y'all. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the game and – we're going to talk about the game in the first segment. The second segment, we're going to talk about Wilson Chandler's defense because, you know, Wilson Chandler was kind of the star of the game. We're also going to, in the third segment, we're going to talk about Landry Shamit. So we're going to give it to you. Um, Kai. Yeah. What's your impressions of this overall game? I mean, the Sixers stepped up defensively in the end, but what's your overall impression? Uh, I really think it was a really sloppy game. I, I mean, they're, they're, you always take a win, but when you really look back at this game, you're really going to point to, wow, this team really did not defend, or, or wow, uh, you know, yeah, they they really weren't able to make this play or that play earlier in the game. That really, it shouldn't. Have, point is, it shouldn't have come down to like a ridiculous ten nothing run yeah. in the final minutes to come back and win this game. Um, these aren't the same Spurs. Like this isn't the Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili Spurs. This is the, the Spurs where they're really led by, you know, long two jump shooters and, and DeRozan, Gay, and Aldridge. And the Sixers really needed this crazy ten nothing run to come back and, and beat them. Mm-hmm. But you have to give a ton of credit to Joel Embiid playing with a bad back, thirty three points, nineteen mm-hmm. rebounds. Uh, ben Simmons twenty one, fifteen, and ten. Wilson Chandler, who we'll get to later, a big block uh, later at the end. Like, there are a lot of different things you could point to to this game. But I think the biggest thing that points out to me is the spirit that Brett Brown talks about all the time, the spirit of the group and that togetherness and the fact that they dug in, they didn't quit, and they were able to come out with a win. Just at the same time, though, it shouldn't have come down to that. Yeah, yeah, I, I got you. And and, and if Ben Simmons, his 2015 and 10, that's his eighth triple-double of the season. The thing about the spirit thing, and I I get it where Brett is coming from, but I think that's overblown. Like, and the reason why I'm saying that is because, um, you know, my daughter's third grade team plays with a lot of spirit, Mm -hmm. but half of them don't know how to play. You know what I mean? So, like, they play with spirit, they hustle, but if you don't know how to put the ball in the hoop, it doesn't work out. You know what I mean? That's a fair point. I mean, so... You know, I get the spirit thing now. The thing is, I think that they they did step up their intensity, and guys just made shots. I mean, you know, like, you know, you had two four-point plays in the fourth quarter. You know, you had a block. I mean, you had a couple steals. You know, Ben Simmons had a hustle play at the end to end the game. So, 
I get the spirit thing, all that stuff sounds well, but they made plays. They made defensive stops. And you look at it, you know, you know, you, you look at uh JJ Reddick, he had six threes, he was six for thirteen. You know, you look at the bench, the bench had excuse me, the 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 bench had um thirty four points. They scored thirty four points on the bench where you had Shamit with fourteen, McConnell with ten, uh Bolden with three, Muscala with um excuse me, Bolden with seven, Muscala with three. So to me, they just came out and played at the end. They outplayed the Spurs. It wasn't I get the spirit thing, but I just think they outplayed. No, nah, for sure, because in the final two fifteen, you don't end the game on a ten nothing run without making plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so to that point, yeah, absolutely. But I feel like when it comes down to uh what what Brett talks about with the spirit thing, and sure, you know, sometimes it could be a load a load of crap that, that Brett try, tries to feed people, but I feel like to really have to dig down and dig deep and stick together and, you know, keep your spirits high and still be able to uh, go out there and not really hang your head because a lot of these guys really could have hung their head when once Marco Bellinelli made the fadeaway three in the corner. So when that happens, it's really easy to look up at the clock, see 2.48 left and you're down A, really just hang your head. And instead, they kind of just stuck together. They stayed together. Um, you know, Ben had a dunk. Embiid had a block. Uh, Landry Shamit with a clutch corner triple. Uh, J.J. Redick converts a four-point play. Uh, both Corey Brewer and Wilson Chandler make some plays down the stretch. So I feel like maybe it's a little combination of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is, it is. I mean, it's a comb- I mean, they stepped up their game. I mean, they did. They did do that. I mean, so I'm not going to argue with that. It's just that, you know, a lot of times, you know, they play with spirit. And, you know, I, I get what people say, but they were playing with spirit when they were tanking, too. You know what I mean? So, you know, I mean, that's it. Now, the thing is, though, the Sixers right now are in fourth place in the in in the conference still. Um, you know, I, I believe they're a game behind the Indiana Pacers. Victor Oladipo went down today. Um, we don't know how long he's going to be out, but I'm expecting him to miss some time, a lot, maybe a lot of time. So it's like this was a big win for the Sixers, and it was also a win they had to have to keep pace with um, the Pacers for now and, and then also stay ahead of the Boston Celtics. Absolutely. Like right now you mentioned Boston, and Boston's a game and a half back of the Sixers for that four seed in the Eastern Conference. And the four seeds, you know, very, very important because that gives you home court advantage in the first round. And I think it's something that Brett always talks about, the team really talks about, is the fact that they need to have home court advantage. Uh, you know, with the win, the Sixers improved to a ridiculous 21-5 and five at home. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to come into the Wells Fargo Center and beat this team. And so it's very important that the Sixers continue to, you know, pick up these wins at home, maybe steal a couple wins here on the road. Um, you know, they have a four-game road trip coming up. You know, they're at Denver. They're at, they play the Lakers, Golden State, Sacramento. And all four of those teams, even Sacramento, are, are playing pretty good ball. So very important road trip coming up. But, yeah, I mean, last, like last night was a game they had to have. Yeah, yeah. They had to. I mean, they really did. And you know what? The thing about last night's game is a game that they probably wouldn't have have had if it wasn't for Wilson Chandler's block at the end. And what we'll do is we'll talk about that right when we get right back. All right. So you just Wilson Chandler, you know, 
I, I know they were up 21, excuse me, 121 to 120. Um, DeMar DeRozan drives the lane, and it, Wilson blocks it. Yeah. You know, Corey Brewer gets it. He makes a he makes a foul shot. He splits a pair with 1.1 seconds left, and then San Antonio can't get the you know can't get a shot off in the closing seconds. But that shot to me, that block was huge. That block was. I mean, you can say huge, underline red, underline it, all caps, everything. So. Um, my thing with Wilson Chandler is, you know, it's not like this guy is some scrub. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he was a huge piece of the Denver Nuggets last year for a pretty good Nuggets team last year. Even though they missed the playoffs, you know, by losing that 82nd game to Minnesota, that Nuggets team was good. And mm-hmm. Chandler w- was a big, huge uh, key piece of that team. So coming in here, I, feel, I think a lot of people really expected him to make the same impact right away. And when he didn't, because he got hampered by the hamstring injury and this, that, and the other thing, people really began questioning it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, does, does he have anything left? So mm-hmm. did, uh, how, you know, he's got a lot of mileage and things like that. So to really come up with a big block on, De- on DeMar like that, that's huge. Yeah, it's huge. And, and, and he finished with, in addition to that block, he finished with, you know, two steals. He only had two rebounds. You know, some people may look at his shooting. He was two for six from the field, you know, two for five on threes. Um, He only, you know, he had six points. But, you know, when I look at Wilson Chandler now, I'm thinking back to, you know, where he's, you know, how he progressed during the season. He had the um, hamstring problem. And it, he looked kind of heavy to me when he first came back. A little bit. You know, a little bit. Little now bit. when when you talk to him, you say, Wilson, did you lose any weight? And he's like, no, nah, no. Nah. But he looks like his body looks a little different to mm-hmm. me. And he's getting it under his breath. He, and, I mean, he's getting, like, his weight down. And also it just seems like he's finding his niche offensively a little bit. And that kind of carries over to the defense. Right, and that was actually something that I was about to bring up okay. because I look I looked into his numbers before the game tonight, and in the previous five games coming into the, the San Antonio game, he was averaging eight point eight points. He was shooting fifty five percent from the floor, forty seven percent from deep, and it, it, you know that that's the Wilson Chandler that they need, mm-hmm. and that's something that where is showing that he's turning a corner. And uh, last, uh, last night, six points, as you said, two for five from deep, two for six from the floor overall. And and it does add to the defense mm-hmm. because when you're playing well offensively, it fuels your defense. Yep, yep. And it, and that's something to where if if this is a sign of things to come, it's another factor you can add to the seventy sixers come playoff time. Exactly, and and then not only did he block Demar Derozan's shot, he held them to four points in the fourth quarter. I mean, Demar Derozan's a guy who finished with a team high twenty six points, and he was you know baking people. And then in the fourth quarter, shots were hard to come by. Yeah, I think that's because of the physical play of Wilson Chandler, a guy who has been in this league for, you know, I think, you know, off the top of my head, I think eight seasons, nine seasons, something like that. Off the top of my head, he's been around for a while. He's a veteran. He, um, he's a grown man. And, and you know, he's not going to back down from anybody. And, you know, Brett stuck Chandler on DeRozan. And he said, go get a stop for us. And Wilson stepped up like the veteran he is. He didn't back down, and he, he shut down an all-star shooting guard. Mm-hmm. You're right. Now, when we get back, we're going to talk about Landry Shamit, who I feel is the steal of the draft. I mean, this guy is playing, playing lights out. 
for to be a rookie who was drafted, what, number 56? 26. Oh, 26. Yeah, 26. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Yeah. What am I talking about? It must be in early morning. It's like, oh, I ain't playing. All right. All right. We're back talking about Landry Shaman, who was drafted number 56. 26. <laughs> All right. So just, just give me your impressions of Landry Shaman. Oh, man. All right. So when they drafted uh, Landry Shaman, I was kind of like, oh, okay, no good depth piece. Maybe it could be a third point guard at, you know, this season. He can make an impact second half of the season. Uh, coming from a mid-major like Wichita State. Like, that was kind of my early impression of him. And then the season started, and Brett went to him. And I'm like, okay, all right, he's going to go with the rookie early. And Landry started making shots. And he started hustling all over the place. And he started really finding, carving out a role, carving out a niche on this Sixers team. And you know what? I think I was about by game 11. I kind of was like, you know what? This kid can play. This kid can be a rotational piece on a playoff team. And I feel like he's continued to just get better each and every game. Like, I feel like there's something he adds each and every game. Like, he wasn't this good of a defender at the beginning of the season. But la- uh, last night's game, he comes up with three steals, which I believe was a game high off the, ho- off the top of my head. But he had three steals, and he made, just made so many clutch plays in the fourth quarter that you mm-hmm. do not see from a rookie. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. And, like, you're saying that, but, you know, you're talking about, like, okay, a guy from a mid-major, this and that, da-da-da. You're right. There were a lot of people, when they drafted him, was like, what are the Sixers doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, because now Wichita State, Wichita State is, you know, a mid-major, but at the same time, it's a you know a mid-major that sent guys to the pros, a mid-major that was successful while he was there. But there were people saying he has a second round, a second round grade. He has the grade of a number fifty-six. He does. <laughs> but, but, he does. Yeah, he there does. you go. He does. <laughs> but but you know. So what are the Sixers doing? And then we hear that you know he was lights out during his workout with the Sixers, and it just seems like they saw something that a lot of people didn't see. Exactly. And I feel like when it comes to that, Brett's always said uh, we we loved how uh, he could get off a shot quickly. And, you know, in, in this league, you, you don't have much time. So when that ball hits your hands, you need to be ready to shoot and get it out quickly because there are too many guys in this league who will come over and embarrass you. Mm-hmm. And instead, last night against the Spurs, 14 points, a clutch four-point play in the fourth quarter, and even more, even more clutch three-pointer in the corner to really key that 10 nothing run. And he had a couple of steals, mm-hmm. uh, three of them to be exact, that we were just talking about. So, like, like, the kid just continues to just impress for being the 26th overall pick. Really good Not player. Not the 56, I ain't playing. I mean, he's yeah. got a 56 grade. But yeah, but, but yeah, you're right. And the, and the kid is, you know, he's only going to get better. I mean, you know, we talk about it over and over again about how J.J. Redick has basically taken him under his wing. Um, and the thing that impresses me is that there was a time when Landry Shamit, would, to me, was considered, you know, even though he did it in games, he was a practice shooter. And what I mean by that is it was like when he was wide open, he was going to stick it. But then when guys got in his face, you know, his, his game kind of suffered a little bit when they focused on him. It seems like now that he's starting to find his niche and he's starting to create his own shots. And also, there was a play that he had early on that I think helped him out a little bit. It was, you know, people were playing him really close. 
And what that what he did is he drove the lane and he got a layup. And then next thing you know, they had to back off him a little bit. And that gave him space to get that three. I mean, get those threes up. So he's been playing his butt off. For sure. And, and I believe, what was it, a couple weeks ago, the Wizards games? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that first one, he had 29 points. He was just making three after three after three. Because Washington wasn't keen on Landry nah. Shamit. They're keen on, on Ben Simmons and yep. J.J. Redick and Joel Embiid, leaving Landry Shamit open. That second game, Shamit was held scoreless in D.C. Yeah. And pregame, Scott, uh, Wizards coach Scott Brooks said, uh, I compare Landry Shamit to J.J. Redick. He's J.J. Redick 2.0. Yeah. And so you can clearly tell that Scott Brooks told his team, you know, he had Shamit red underline, all caps, circled, and everything mm-hmm. else in between to make sure that you're not going to allow him to go off the same way that he did the other night. Exactly. So now I feel like the big thing for him is continuing to find the open spots and realizing that teams are going to key on you now because now they know what you can do. And it's, it has a rookie that will come. And, and, and the thing is, like, there's three steals, and the way he continues to shoot, if I'm the Sixers, it, that, that, that helps me in regards to deciding what I need to go after in the trade and in the buyout market. For sure, because going into this game against San Antonio, uh, you know, last night, everybody was kind of thinking they need another shooter or, or they need another perimeter defender or they need, you know, a backup point guard, you know, whatever it may be. But instead they went out and they grabbed already, – they already grabbed Corey Brewer who pretty much, you know, Brett talked about ticking off those boxes, ticking off tick, tick, tick of the perimeter defense and, the and you know, and the three-point shooting and everything else in between. And now if you add Landry Shamit to that and they prove that he shows – Maybe you aren't going out there, you know, desperately mm-hmm. looking for shooting like that. You're right. You're right. Now, Kai, I just want uh, you to let the people know, the people listening, how they can follow you on social media and, and where they can, you know, listen to you, you know, on the radio. At. Well, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram, Kai underscore Carlin. It's the same uh, handle for both social media sites. You can also listen to me on 1400 WOND, which is our one of our stations over at Longport Media. And you can read my stuff over on WONDradio.com. All right. And I just want to uh, say that, uh, you know, uh, Kai is a good reporter. Um, I met him a couple years ago in Stockton, and he had me used to have a radio show. You still have that real yeah, there, but yeah, but you know, it's, it's kind of off to the side. Off to now. the side, because yeah. he, he, this guy's like the hardest working guy. So he had me on a radio show, and um, you know, a great, you know, great show, great host, great guys, and he's his second year on his Sixers beat, and he's doing his thing. I mean, he's out here, he's grinding. Um, he's a good follow on social media, a great follow on Twitter. So if you haven't done it yet, do yourself a favor and do it. Um, and also, he's one of the hardest working people in Philadelphia. For fear of embarrassing him, I just he has three jobs, y'all. I mean, this guy is grinding. He's a young guy with three jobs, and his focus is to do this full time, and it's going to work out for you, brother. Man, I appreciate that so much, Keith. And like I said, sitting next to a legend like you, man. I mean, if I'm trying to get to you, your level, bro. You, you the man out here. Hey, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Stop lying to me. Stop lying to me. But look, y'all. Uh, I don't want him to lie to y'all anymore. Um, so I'm about to say goodbye. 
But I want to thank you all for listening and have a great day. And thank you for being on this podcast, Kai. I appreciate you for having me, Keith. All right, bro. Peace.